brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to Screen Heroes. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screen Heroes. I feel like it was just yesterday that we were here talking about nerdy movies, and that's because it was. This was our special double week episode. Yesterday, we recorded our thoughts on the Snyder Cut that is available now at screen-heroes.com. And today we are talking about the premiere of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier which is entitled New World Order. So that has a, a bit of a mouthful of things, but that's what we're talking about today. I am your regular host, Derek, and I have with me my two lovely longtime co-hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Hey. Hello. Welcome back, guys. I feel so welcome. Good. I'm, I'm glad you are very welcome to be here. What a sweetheart you are. <laughs> so before we dive into the show, I thought it might be worth mentioning just some some schedule changes from Marvel uh, and, and Disney. So Black Widow, which was originally slated for May. Well, not originally, of course, but had been scheduled for May and it has now been moved to July 9th and will be dual releasing on Disney Plus as part of the $30 premiere access feature thing that they have going. Finally, which, they're deciding to do that. Yeah, it kind of feels like a little late at this point. Yeah, why didn't they just do this like last, I don't know, November, whenever that was last scheduled? I don't know, yeah. sometime last year. I mean, if this had come, yeah, if they had given us this option in October, November, I think we all probably would have jumped on it because we were really starving for content at the time there was just hardly any new content and um you know so what do you guys what do you guys think you want to spend the the 30 bucks or no i mean it's gonna cost me 20 bucks to go to the movies anyway and at least if i pay it then i don't have to uh listen to other people snorting and coughing and making whatever noises they're gonna make during the movie <laughs> or like their phones going off and all that shit Ray, any any take on that? I mean, I want to see these movies, but I do not want to encourage Disney or any other streaming service that, hey, not only can you get monthly money out of me, but you can get intermittent money out of me as well. <laughs> so I don't want to encourage that because what come like other places will follow. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that they're going to run into is is the uh, the old pirates that sail the high seas doing releases like this because as soon as it is available to stream, it's available to capture, acquire in other ways. So, yeah. um, you know, they are going to lose money that way. Um, well, and at this point, doing it in July, I mean, if you if you look at you know, the way states are trending with their vaccinations, at least out here in in, in Kansas and Missouri, by 
by July, everybody who wants a vaccine should be able to have gotten one by then. So mm-hmm. a lot of other states are in similar situations. And there's, you know, this whole idea that, you know, that the federal government wants everybody to be eligible by May 1st. And this is two months after that. So how many people really want to drop 30 bucks when they can now at that point go to the theater? I think, you know, if this had been, you know, six months ago, it would have been huge. But now, yeah, I'm kind of in this weird boat of do I want to spend 30 bucks to see it at home? Do I want to, to support that precedent? If it was 20 bucks, would I be more willing to do it? I mean, I spent 20 for Bill and Ted face the music, but that was October, September, whatever it was. You know, it was kind of a different time period. So it's weird. Uh, it pushes Shang-Chi. So Shang-Chi is now coming out September 3rd. It has not changed the dates for the Eternals or Spider-Man No Way Home yet, which means that we've got a lot of Marvel content coming out. If nothing else pushes, it's basically six Marvel movies in a 12 month period, starting with Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Which I'm okay with that. That's a lot, given it'll have a two year uh, gap, essentially, between Black Widow and the previous Spider-Man movie. So. Um, well, that's the thing. They're making up for lost time and especially lost revenue. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder, you know, will it balance out? You know, will people they're so starved for for content. Will they go or will this run into a problem we've talked about before? Where can people afford to go to the movies three months in a row to see Marvel films? I am going to say yes, just based on my friend group, the pool that I see on social media, uh, all of them are so ready to see this movie that, you know, they are ready to dole out the money. So I, I think people are, are going to say, yeah, I'll do it. Fair enough. Well, that was it on the news front. We just thought that was relevant. So this is your spoiler warning for the premiere of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which also means it's your spoiler warning for anything in the MCU that has come up until this point. I doubt we'll bring up much about WandaVision, but I'm sure we'll be talking about Endgame, Infinity War, the Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So those things are now officially fair game. You have been warned. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details all right, guys, let's do it. Let's do this. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Where would you guys like to start on this one? This one's a little bit, I think, easier to tackle than the Snyder Cut. But where would you like to start? At the top. At the top. Okay. I don't know, I don't know what that means. Well, I guess that's the beginning. So at the beginning okay, of sure. the episode. That's what I meant. I knew what that meant. Okay. So the beginning of the episode is some mission that the military is on trying to get this airplane before it enters uh, airspace that they're not allowed to cross into. And Falcon is part of trying to to get this guy who's on this plane. We don't really know anything about this dude who's been kidnapped or why he's been kidnapped. I don't know that we'll ever figure it out. It may have just been, you know, um, irrelevant for us but lots of flying lots of explosions lots of murder really quick in this episode it was a pretty lots epic. of marvel content uh, like <laughs> typical marvel content a t- typical in what way okay so i loved wandavision but it did feel nice to just go back to like 
stuff blowing up and people flying. <laughs> you know okay, what I mean? so uh, is that weird? A little, but the thing is, this collection of scenes were done really well. That uh, skydiving scene is a mixture of actual skydivers as well as, you know, drone footage and CGI. Uh, Sam's new Falcon costume is white and red instead of the black and red. So it's more closely tied to what he wore in the comics. They really showed off Red Wing for the first time since the Civil War kind of reference to him. And uh, they gave him little droid chirps, which was adorable. It was super cute. And then, you know, uh, we got Batroc the Leaper back, who has been both a Cap uh, villain and a Spider-Man villain. And, you know, we last saw him in Civil, or not in Civil War, in Winter Soldier. Played by wonderful George St. Pierre, who's an actual MMA fighter. So basically any choreography that he does is awesome. Absolutely. (laughs) Definitely shined in this scene. So, like, the way this opens, it's is really well done and you know WandaVision was great for what it is and this is great for what it is so two completely different shows they both set the tone very well and like you know exactly what you're getting well maybe not as much with WandaVision but definitely with this one WandaVision was the great I was all I mean it was very different so I don't know. All that, about mysteries. Yeah, exactly. It was everybody talking about what's happening, what's happening every episode. This one probably is not going to be quite that way. Right. Although I still do think Mephisto is behind this. So we'll... <laughs> that's fair. Maybe the new cap is Mephisto. I mean, they got a good actor for it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I definitely think they're going to leave us hanging each week and they're going to try and throw us some curveballs, but there's no like reality bending going on right. in this, this show. They're not introducing mutants to the Marvel universe yeah. in this show. Or they might, yeah. I guess I, they could, but I mean, like they're not creating mutants in this show. What if they did though? Like just in like episode three, all of a sudden, just a hard right turn. Yeah. And, no. You know, Quicksilver shows up again. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, there's reference to the power broker in the credits, uh, so it's very likely that they are introducing altered soldiers or, or something along those lines. Somebody that gives people powers. Mm-hmm. So, that's fair. Yeah, I think that's a, a real possibility. It, it is a cool opening scene. A lot of people die in that uh, little montage of fighting, which I felt think like I a- counted at least 10 it felt like a lot it really did especially for like just the opening of this show and we haven't really seen these characters in a while and it wasn't even bucky doing it you know it was it was falcon doing all the killing um you know so that was just that caught me a little off guard how quickly they were like nope lots of people dying on the show Mm -hmm. yeah that was our first comment on it too was like holy crap i guess they're not scared to just murder a bunch of people uh you know on screen it's not even off screen they're just Mm -hmm exploding people and whatever else it's just weird on a disney show you know yeah right like it's 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 marvel but it's on disney plus it's like right next to bambi i don't know it's weird yeah i mean captain america is one is a very popular character among kids and this show is definitely like targeting captain america crowd Mm -hmm. more than anybody so it is weird yeah i mean he killed people too don't get me wrong but it wasn't quite as blatant as this and it wasn't as as quick either like it didn't happen as early on in the movies you had some time to warm up i think it just happened so fast i was caught off guard i was expecting a slower start and him using the wings as a shield even though we saw that in the trailers it was still really cool looks Um, so good it definitely feels like stark like he has stark tech going on even though stark isn't around anymore torres makes that comment and i completely agree with him i like there's no reason why he couldn't have been funded by stark in between you know, Winter Soldier, where he shows up and Endgame when Tony dies. It's true. Well, and, you know, Pepper could be doing things, too. You know, we have no like she she owns the company, right? It's her company uh, by this point. So she could have been funding that technology as well. But she's renaming it Goop. 
<laughs> but at the same time, though, I do wonder, like, would it be okay? Because, like, Rhodey's suit obviously was was originally Stark technology, but he more or less steals it. Now, I guess Tony never bothers to try and get it back. But would the military be okay with Falcon stuff all being Stark tech if they don't have any control over it? Well, I mean, Falcon's modifying his own shit in the That's show, true. so I mean, obviously, they don't have too big a problem with that. And Falcon's not an on-the-books uh, employee of the military at this time. Otherwise, that reveal at the end would sting a lot less. Yeah. Um, but th- th- isn't like that the contract private- that he refers to in the, the bank scene? That he he's that he has military contracts. Yeah, but an independent contractor doesn't. I mean, I don't know. It's not like he's he's not a soldier right now. I think isn't that what kind of what you meant, Rachel, or no? Am I misunderstanding? Well, I just meant that like the one mission we see is completely off the books. Maybe he does. I I just extrapolated that and assumed that he, everything he does with the military is kind of off the books since they're not really doing a lot of avenging stuff yeah i mean there's not i doubt there's any other avengers that are like yeah i'm gonna do some military work while we're off you know he's kind of a military guy himself already so it does make me wonder what ross is up to at this point yeah i think he would have been a good character to bring back in this show Uh, yeah who says that they won't like obviously he's not a big need but no, but it would have been great having him introduce the uh, new cap in the end. That would have had a lot more weight to it than just this random dude that we we don't really know. Especially considering their past during Civil War and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that could have had just so much more bitter meaning behind it. But having Rhodey there was cool. Like, I don't need uh, every episode to be like full of cameos, but the Rhodey one was a surprise. Um, but it didn't feel like, oh, here's your cameo, guys. Like, you know. Yeah. some other cameos have in the past it felt very natural like of course he's going to be there well uh, Rhodey and falcon and a few others fall in the marvel trope uh which is also a bigger cinematic trope of the black best friend and it's nice to see those two characters without their like so-called hero to follow they're not in this they are not um sidekicks right they're they're completely on their own this is new territory for the two of them and seeing them together it doesn't just like have a nice little nod to the larger universe but it has other implications and you know, deeper subtext. Well, yeah. And speaking of subtext, I mean, I'm sure you guys got it too, but it definitely feels like a big part of this show is going to be racial themes, um, you know, things like that, real, real world issues. So, um, you know, Marvel fanfare lately or Marvel fair lately is not uh, as just like fun and, you know, popcorn cheesy, Uh, and more like tackling social things like, you know, mental illness and, uh, you know, racial dynamics and a a lot of real, real things. So, yeah. That was one of the biggest things that Anthony Mackie touched on at the very beginning when they showed that they were doing this, uh, this show, when they announced it, they were like, absolutely, we're going to touch on racial aspects of this, uh, of this country like you can't have a black captain america and ignore the fact that he's black Mm -hmm. so you know there's not much that i can really speak to it i am going to discuss it with a couple of my black friends and see how they uh, perceived it but it does feel like that conversation with the bank and the loan would have turned out differently had he been white. Again, going to discuss it with actual black people. Instead of our panel of three white people here. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, all, it also sounds like they're going to touch on PTSD issues as well as it pertains yeah. to Bucky. 
there's a couple of things that that we see from him. You know, th there's the obvious low hanging fruit of like the therapy sessions, right? Are are dealing with with his PTSD, but there's also some small stuff like him sleeping on the floor in his apartment. Um, you know, it, it's yes, it's a callback to the the Winter Soldier when when Cap and and Sam are talking about how Cap can't sleep and and things like that, but it's really about the why, why can't they sleep? And it's, it has to do with their experiences being these, these military weapons, so to speak, and, and what Bucky has been through. So I thought those were some interesting notes that, that they're going to build on. Yeah. And the PTSD has been a theme in the Marvel universe for, you know, ever since, well, really since Iron Man three, I think was right. the first one to really touch on it. So um, that's not new territory for him to tread, but. Yeah, it's it's good to see that they're dealing with it in a more in a more grounded way than Iron Man three was a little all over the place with with it. So it's absolutely important for them to touch on this if they ever want Bucky to be seen as more of a hero. And you don't really get that option in a two hour popcorn film, but this really expands it. And uh, between you know, WandaVision, where her depression comes straight from grief and not really, I guess, uh, huge events where she's done like terrible things until, you know, now. Uh, and then Bucky, like both of them are experiencing depression in completely different ways. And I can sympathize with both of them. Like uh, the sleeping on the floor thing was such a small innocuous detail that most people may not even notice but I did because it my worst I have slept in weird places and is you know you just it happens when you're just looking for an iota of peace and when you're constantly in your head telling yourself that you're the the worst and you don't deserve anything then it's it's definitely difficult to find that piece long enough to fall asleep. Bucky's story definitely seems to be pretty hardcore. They're not really shying away from it. They're steering right into it mm -hmm. uh, in, in the first episode. And I know we're kind of bouncing around a little bit, but um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how they were going to handle Bucky. Part of me thought that they were going to gloss over it for the most part and kind of handle it like Iron Man three, where, yeah, he's got some issues, but he's a hero. And it's clear that he's going to be struggling with this stuff for a long time. I thought it was smart that they came up with a, a way for him to be pardoned after the events of Endgame. So at least we don't have to worry about him, like constantly being on the run, because uh, mm -hmm. I think that could have gotten old really quickly. So I thought that was a really smart decision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been but, talking a lot, so okay. <laughs> uh, the, it's new for me. I don't know what to do. Well, so then we I mean we could talk a bit about that that big reveal for him at the at the end of the episode where we find out that you know this old man that he's befriended and he you know he eats, you know, goes out and eats with and stuff. The whole time I'm thinking to myself, like, it's because Bucky is a hundred years old and so he's trying to find people that are more connected to the past where he understands things a little bit better and he can relate to those, those time periods. I did not see it coming that this was going to be like the, the father or grandfather. I kind of, I missed that. I think it was father of someone that Bucky straight up murdered. Really? You didn't see that? I didn't see it coming. Huh. I really didn't. Okay. I didn't. I was thinking. I didn't that either. Maybe. Honestly, I saw it. I, I thought maybe he was going to be like somebody that he was in the war with. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the Howling Commandos or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it ended up being something a little different. So no, man, as soon as I saw this guy, I was like, oh, I bet that's the dude's dad. I didn't even make the connection. And it's like it's so much darker because not only did Bucky kill this kid, or this guy, I guess he was probably a young adult, um, but like he wasn't connected to like the mission, so to speak, at all. He was just wrong place, wrong time and saw it. And so Bucky killed him. It's like that makes it even worse. Yeah, because, well, you know that Bucky's going to have to, you know, what a, a part of amends is that you admit the wrongdoing. Uh, so, you know, that Bucky is going to have to come clean on that. And that's very uncomfortable. You know, you're dealing with this sweet old man who lost his son. Uh yeah, it's definitely going to be something. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a very serious scene. 
Yeah, it was intense. And I mean, Sebastian Stan, I thought, did a, a great job in this episode. It's it's not an easy role to play, in my opinion. And it's I weird think- seeing him talk so much. <laughs> that is very true. Like so far, we haven't really seen Bucky have that much to say. That's fair. Yeah. 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 I mean, I like it. He's great. Um, you know, and I'm intrigued by his story uh, and seeing where it goes. So, you know, it's, I've, I've always been a cat fan. I've said it on the show a lot and Bucky in the comics is pretty much his best friend. So, um, you know, and he has his own messed up stuff to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so getting to see him deal with that is pretty cool. I'll say that the biggest surprise for me of this episode was how much I miss cap um and it's it was tough i was actually emotional about it because you know there's seeing sam talking about captain america and talking to roadie in front of like what might as well be cap's gravestone i mean um you know and seeing the big reveal at the end just made me angry and it's designed to right like this is all designed to do these things but yeah that was super i thought i was over it but i'm not over it it's still fresh how dare you marvel I truly appreciate that they're acknowledging the giant hole that Chris Evans has left instead of just pretending that it's not there. Having a scene start with them in the the Captain America museum or or, Mm -hmm. place in the Smithsonian uh, from Winter Soldier is... It's pretty important. And all the stuff in the background was really fun to see. They had a lot of stuff from the other films. They had in game, they talked about uh, people coming back from being in the blip. And Mm -hmm. they had some information on Bucky in there, which I thought was interesting since he's just like alive and wandering around the world. But. Mm Yeah, I, I like that Sam is not really comfortable with the idea of taking over as Captain America. It doesn't feel like it's his shield, right? It doesn't feel like it's his mantle because because of who Cap was and what what he's leaving behind. I thought they did a really good job with that. Cap's arc in the MCU is actually a lot more complicated than most of the other characters. I mean, Tony gets a really incredible arc too i mean it's the two of them really right it's their story at the end of the day the infinity saga and you know cap for me he you know he he just ratches his you know things up for me in, in the winter soldier and then i've got issues with some of his decisions in civil war and then he comes back in you know infinity war and Endgame, and it's just it's a really great character story for him and it's it is definitely gonna be hard to fill that void See, I've, I've heard people talk about why Falcon refused the shield. And I feel like it's not fully that he just doesn't feel like that he's earned that mantle. I feel like some of it comes from the fact that like he's and this is objective. I, I like assuming that things are happening in their world as they are in our world, that he's just like not wanting to wear the emblem of a country that treats black mm-hmm. people in that way. And uh you know i feel since i feel like that's going to be such a big theme based on this first episode i think that that's a really big part of it too that he's not comfortable wearing the emblems of this country that you know lets these terrible things happen to people that don't deserve it um so i think that that's only part of the story is that he doesn't feel like he's living up to cap's legacy I think that's a, a really good point. I think the end of the episode solidifies that because the whole speech that what's his name is making before the big reveal is that our cap became an international symbol. He became a hero for the world. And that was a problem for people here in the States that Captain America somehow served all of humanity was a bad thing. Right. And that leads into why, you know, it would be problematic for Sam, because at the end of the day, Sam is a heroic person. He wants to do good. He wants to do the right thing. And the Avengers are designed to help humanity, not help a country. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what Silver like the whole point of Civil War is that they 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 don't have jurisdiction. It's everywhere. They go where they want to go to save who they think you know they should be saving. Sam's no different than that. You know, even if he wasn't a key part of those conversations at the time. But this, you know, US agent or whatever they're gonna call you know, they're calling him, he isn't the hero for the world. 
And that is a really telling point that they're trying to make. And, you know, I think that's that part bothers me probably even more than them putting somebody else in the suit is that they're trying to redefine what it represents. Right. I agree. Same here. So to your point, Derek, earlier, you talked about that first scene and that you weren't really sure of the point of that first scene um, that with a, the big fight scene, like if it was if it was something that's going to tie into the greater or if it was just like an action scene to start the, the movie. Or the uh, show. Yeah, the, the, the soldier they were co- trying to rescue, like it, it seemed like he would be important. Well, that I've... really helps introduce Joaquin Torres. Yeah, I mean, I think I do think there's more to it than that, I, I, but I do think Torres is involved. So the, this series, at least at this point, is, you know, the government getting out the old Captain America and bringing in their Captain America. And I think that the whole point of Sam being sent on this off the books mission was to make him disappear so that they can replace him with Torres, who in the comic book becomes the Falcons or the Falcon. Um, but then they'll have their own government Falcon also. And remember, Torres wanted to, like, fiddle with his uh red wing or whatever he was working on also i feel like the the, that's going to be like a big part of this is that they're trying to get rid of falcon so that they can bring in their own falcon and they want their own like avengers team that they can control um yeah so i think that that's where that ties in so you thought he was meant to die on that mission yes i mean they're telling him they're, they're sending him to like libyan airspace um it, it was it, there was a lot of things that happened there that are like okay i mean this this is suspicious why would they have him be doing this anyway and what's the significance of this guy and that lines up with you know hammer and uh the dark avengers and you know uh possible thunderbolts thing so uh in the wider scope of marvel it leads them to a lot of really cool storylines in the context of the show it has some serious implications that they want him to uh go on these incredibly dangerous missions by himself by himself no backup whatsoever and um you know just uh, for lack of better terms wing it (laughs) (laughs) i said for lack of that's fantastic that makes it all better i love that no it's a good point though because you know it's it certainly feels better if him being alone was done on purpose and they're not just ignoring all the other heroes like the dark world but uh, like yeah where was like roadie roadie's also in the military like that's why we keep coming back to him that's why he was there like he is a military guy you would think those two would be teaming up on a pretty regular basis given that they are both military men who fly around um you know it's one thing if like you know thor's obviously not going to show up but you'd think war machine would be around yeah I mean, it's it's an odd thing, and that's what made me suspicious about you know maybe what the government's motivation is. They're already doing it with Cap, so mm-hmm. it's not crazy to think that they'd be doing it with the other Avengers too. That leads me to believe that I really it it's not necessary to this story, which is why I know they didn't include it. But the last time we really checked in with Rhodey, he was you know discharged from the military was? Um, by the secretary of defense himself oh, ross right he was court-martialed so right. uh obviously he's been reinstated he's still in his dress blues looking great uh but i just kind of want that patched up and i'm sure they will in armor wars or Ironheart, but uh, that's just something that I I want to know what happened. Like, is Ross gone because he made a choice to um, really fight against Captain America when he's trying to save the world from Thanos? Or, but like, what happened to him? No so. way is he gone. Uh, I don't think he's Ross like gone. Up, I think he's he's not a Secretary of Defense anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Oh, gotcha. I misunderstood yeah. you. I mean, that's certainly possible because a lot of time has, has passed. You know, it's it's been five years too. So, 
who knows? And we don't really know what happens to him in the blip either. So, right. You know, he could have been replaced because he wasn't existing at the time, you know, for all we know. Sure. Um, or he could just be working for Hammer or something. I mean, I I love Don Cheadle a lot. And so I'm really excited for Armor Wars. And I just want to, like, get to that show, too. Like, there's lots of other good stuff happening, but, like, that one's really caught my attention. So seeing him show up in this, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that there might be some tie into Armor Wars with this like he might show up in the last episode and there'll be a teaser for that or something um because why i mean i don't think it's necessary but if you're using him you might as well like use it as a tease or something else that's what they do in every show so or in in, in every movie i should say and, and they also did in wandavision so and for me like it's okay if there's gonna actually be payoff for it right so you've got yeah. don Cheadle showing up once or twice in this for, for these fun little teasers but he's getting his own show so like it's helping me kind of get excited for that i'm fine with it for sure yeah just don't tease me for stuff you're never gonna do <laughs> so the flag smashers yes what are your guys thoughts on the flag smashers i really like the change that they made so the flag smashers it was just one guy it was a reaction to um, Stark, you know, being indirectly responsible for his dad dying. And his whole goal was to go around the world and get rid of all country boundaries kind of things. Basically, he was taking the song Imagine a little too literally. And uh, in here it's um kind of a it, i don't want to organization i don't want to say terrorist and i don't want to say anarchist just yet uh because we don't know enough about them but they're they're definitely um extremists they're dangerous activists and uh they are using some the augmented reality technology that they're using to meet up is pretty incredible because that's what activists are doing now. Like you go around with uh, an augmented reality app and you see that people have, you know, fucked up the BP logos and um, things of that nature. So I, I thought it was a unique take on kind of a lame ass character. Well, I like how they tied it into the blip, the idea that these guys kind of came around because during the blip, there weren't really any borders. All of the countries of the world kind of came together because they didn't have a choice. They had to share resources, they had to share knowledge, and they had to work together to keep everybody alive. Um, and now that the blip is over and everybody's back, and I have a couple of things I do want to say about that, um, you know, the borders are back up. Right. And even, you know, no more so than at the tail end of the episode with the reveal of of the new cap. Right. Is the idea of like, we're going to go back to the way things were before, but like even more ridiculous. And, right. you know, so it's an interesting motivation. It really is. Yeah. Um, for for the blip, though, I just I, I do kind of want to say I, I do have a bit of an issue with how like normal everything looks already. So the blip lasted five years and in game we we see things are kind of shitty like things are not really in good shape there's lots of makeshift stuff that's been built in different areas and now like in wandavision it was it was a small town so i kind of let it go but here like we see a lot of stuff everything seems perfectly fine like the blip never actually happened and it's become a social thing that's used in the bank scene but other than that there's like no physical lasting effects i find that odd i mean i don't know i guess that didn't really bother me it's possible that we just haven't seen it yet like or that it's not important it. enough to the plot to really you know show them building houses or something i mean i don't know i mean it's, what you expected to see it's possible that what we saw in wandavision with the uh with how weird Jersey looked like that could have been an, a direct uh, result of the blip. How weird what looked uh, before Wanda got there and changed Westview, it was kind of run down and mm. people were struggling and we don't know if that was just, you know, that's this town. Cause right. we do know that 
town, there are places out there that struggle constantly and we know why a lot of the time. Or could this place have been affected by the loss of so many people during the blip that Mm -hmm. everything just came to a close? So, yes, they're still figuring it out. And they played it for laughs in Spider-Man Far From Home. And they played it for tears during the hospital scene in uh, WandaVision. So mm-hmm. I I think that it'll be quite some time before we are done seeing the effects. But at this time, it's just not as, um, you know, prevalent to Sam and Bucky. I, yeah, I, I I get it. Let, let's what else you guys want to talk about? Uh, we could talk about the the I we get to see a lot of Sam's background. You know, he's from Louisiana. His parents were uh, Fisher people, you know, <laughs> uh, they were seafaring. They they caught stuff and they sold stuff. And uh, his sister lost everyone during the blip and had to see uh, her parents pass away while uh, Sam was off doing Avengers stuff and Air Force stuff and you know while she it it was a good relationship while she doesn't fault her brother for going off on his own she also is like you don't know my situation so I I liked that they get a family relationship because I think that um, it it brings people closer to the characters. Yeah, that was some good scenes with the boat. You know, I won't sell the boat, and the, she was already you know convinced that she needed to sell the boat. Mm-hmm. And you know, it did when that all that whole scene started. You know, I was like, I mean, I assumed the Avengers were getting like six figure salaries at least from the government or Tony Stark or somebody. Um, but yeah, it turns out they don't make really much money, um, or have any pull with that other than like social media, I guess. Um, that was very weird and and a little grounding for the characters. You know, you see like actors and TV shows and you assume they're millionaires and really they're probably not that much better off. In fact, I think there was an interview with Sebastian Stan where he said that, uh, during Captain America, first Avenger, he was like living in his car or something like that um a lot of the times for first roles yeah so you know it's yeah it it is a little grounding to to go okay well i guess these guys aren't all tony stark with a bunch of money um his his suit that he wears is probably worth uh, you know a crazy amount of money um but it's it's his tool for his job so right about a lot of it raises you know questions of like you know, when people came back from the blip, were there like bank accounts reinstated? Right. Like, you know, credit so, clearly wasn't frozen or anything. It was just kept running, just, just kept running like the, but the person never existed. So there should like, how does, you know what I mean? Like, so there's a lot of logistical stuff that I'm not sure how that quite works out. And you would think that like, if she had this, this fishing business during the blip, when the blip was over, she would still, you would think now have twice as many customers available to her, give or take. So you would think that she would be thriving at this point because everybody who came back needs to find a job now. She's already got a business. But she's um, it's also an increased demand and she might not you know, be able to fill that demand. Very true. But again, like you'd think she'd be selling out on a regular basis at least or, or like you know, trying to find ways to expand rather than to, to sell off assets. So I, I think the blip is a lot more complicated that they're giving it time. You know, they're using it for certain narrative points, but it, I think for me, it raises a lot more questions. Than sure. It actually answers. I mean, I agree, but also like, I don't really need to see like people's bank accounts being frozen and things like that in my Marvel shows. No, no. But I mean, there, there's, there's, there's ways to have lines that say that. And then again, like just the way her, her, the businesses are portrayed. Cause I mean, you're talking about half the population showing back up. None of them have jobs. Right. Yeah. So like, how are people finding work and, you know, why isn't like half the world unemployed at this point or, you know, whatever the, the situation may be, you'd think that this would be like an, ep- like a massive epidemic. Yeah. And it might be, and they're just not like making it a point to show it on the show. Maybe, but they're just showing what, whatever applies to, uh, you know, the two heroes in this case, I guess. 
Yeah. Uh, but that's I'm glad they did address it because I'm sure everybody was thinking, well, I thought the Avengers made money and then they address <laughs> it in the bank scene that uh, they aren't really making that much money. And, you know, he's not treated very well in the bank. The guy is like the douchiest villain of the Marvel Universe, basically, like worse than Hayward in WandaVision. Oh, no, I still uh, hate Hayward more. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. This guy was a pretty big like he just was not good at picking up social cues, I guess. But um yeah, the guy's awful. The guy yeah. was awful. I don't know if it has anything to do with race here, but I've been told many times and I've observed it for myself that you know, white people will try to co-opt on black people's fame and then go ahead and use it against them or not help them out. And you know, it just this situation may not have been completely about race, but it didn't help the situation either. This guy wants selfies and he wants uh, poses and, you know, I'm sure he would have gone on and requested more, but he only wants to take from Falcon instead of uh, giving anything back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ryan, to your, your point about like Avengers getting paid and stuff, I think like the only thing they got was their room and board was basically paid for if they stayed at the Avengers HQ up in New York. Right. But that's not really, you know, no. we didn't really know that that was a thing until, until this. So I just assumed that, you know, Cap had his military pension for, you know, 70 years or whatever that he was frozen um, or 60 years, however long it was. But, you know, so that he would be pretty well off and like all these people would, we're probably getting military money or something like that. But yeah, that's not the case. Yeah. I, I, I assumed that Falcon was getting paid for that mission that we saw him do at the beginning of the episode, but for some reason that doesn't count or something like that when they're at the bank. Um, so like, I, you know, the point of the bank scene is, is really good and I like the way it's written. I think there's just a couple of things that are confusing right now about some of the consistencies in the universe yeah Mm -hmm. um what else what else what else we've covered a lot of ground so uh the flag smasher dude like the big dude that you see super strong obviously not like human strength right Um, and then when you watch the credits i brought this up earlier a little bit but we didn't really talk about it Uh, in the credits there's a little like newspaper clip or something that says the power broker is always watching or something along those lines Um, and if you're not familiar the power broker in the comic book was a like crazy scientist that uh, essentially experimented on people and gave them super strength. I think it was just strength, really. He didn't give them like all kinds of powers. Um, and then got them addicted to drugs and told them the drugs were to manage their powers. Um, and so it kept them basically working for him. Um, but I think that that's, pro- that's likely where he's mm-hmm. working. This person is working with the, the Flag Smashers and giving some of them strength. There's the woman that we've seen in the trailers that's also super strong. Um, so it's clearly not just this one guy. Yeah, she's the leader of the Flag Smashers. She's the uh, gender-swapped um, version of Flag Smasher. So I'm curious if we'll actually get to see the power broker in the show. And if we do, who, like who it will be, because I, that's a that's a role that could definitely be coming back uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, the power broker in the comics like supplies henchmen to a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And this guy, like just to let people know who maybe aren't uh, super familiar, he's going to be more like the the tinker was in um in homecoming you know he's he's definitely a villain but he works to produce other villains he helps other villains he's not you know the big bad that they take down so my thought was more like the guy in uh, daredevil stilt man or uh, oh, the, yeah. the guy that was making the costumes i don't know why that's oh, the guy i, I thought of him. but that's funny. Yeah, he was great but i mean he was a, i mean in the yeah. comics he was a villain and he was making suits for kingpin you know, in the show and spoiler alert, I guess, but um, <laughs> spoiler yeah. alert for a canceled show. Right. Yeah. It's over. So, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I think that's a role that could be really cool in the, in the upcoming Marvel universe, um, yeah. the power broker. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping they do something cool with that and get somebody that's worth it. You know, that's worth investing in a little bit. So, 
mm-hmm. we'll see but we haven't really talked about the casting or like who or how we felt about the guy at the end the big reveal right so we have a new cap we have a new cap and the suit's slightly it's a it's a different suit same the suit is actually pretty cool i it's think okay. it's okay well designed it's all right i don't really care for it oh i do i think it's a very cool but, suit so you know i like the shield it's the same shield that falcon had at the end of Endgame. game I, I so know. yeah that's that's the joke yeah it was hilarious yeah i i don't have strong feelings about the actor either way because he didn't even have an opportunity to speak he literally no, just waves and winks he so. is kurt russell and goldie hans child which for me is already like you know i'm i'm excited to see what he's gonna do and in pic- if you look at pictures of him i have no idea i had no idea that it was him but then i went and did some research and you can see both of their influence in the way he looks yeah. um it definitely explains the jawline but what's funny is like the way the suit was designed the suit was designed one way but the helmet specifically was designed to be ill-fitting and mm-hmm. like make him look like he has a scrunched up face and it doesn't fit him quite right so that everyone's like what, who is this guy he kind of looks like a muppet yeah exactly Aww. Uh, and but just people are in like, the thing, not they, like they don't realize that he that it's designed this way. Like, the, yeah, the whole point is that they were not working on this for years and years and years. They were not working with the guy to make it uh, as useful or, you know, they're not trying to outfit a soldier. They're trying to sell propaganda. They're trying to show the rest of the world that they have a superpower that belongs just to America. It's exactly what uh, point just a couple episodes ago when we were talking Watchmen, what they were doing with uh, Dr. Manhattan. You know, Mm -hmm. this guy works for us, not you. We have this superpower and you don't. So it like they they hurried everything up and uh, it it's totally within the story for it to look like it it was something off the rack. Mm-hmm. Right. I more meant in terms of like the costume design for the show. It was designed to be ill fitting so that we were looking at it and going, "Ugh, well, who is this guy taking Captain America's mantle? And uh, same thing with his acting, like his oh quick wave to the crowd and, and the wink wink oh, at the camera like spiking the lens and doing that it's to show that he's a little smarmy and uh that he's kind of a a, a a symbol in a bad way or something he's a miss universe contestant where it's all just fake and you say the right things and people are on your side and yeah yeah it was good i mean all, all it took was this like quick shot of him and I, everybody hates him yeah uh, which it's is pretty exactly impressive. what they wanted yeah they nailed it I, yeah i don't think that job was particularly difficult given how much people love chris evans cap how much people love anthony mackie's falcon you know and everything that you know falcon goes through giving up the shield and then they basically lied to him about it like i i don't really think it was a hard task for us to dislike whoever was going to be no but i mean the the guy did a good job like it was it was was gross it was playing into it so quickly sure yeah you know he has literally no lines and just maybe two minutes on camera and the most punchable face in the marvel universe (laughs) that's still hayward Uh, i don't know this guy's face is very punchable so i i guess i for me it could have been anybody in the mask you know i don't think it would have really made a difference i think you could put just about anybody there as long as it was somebody we didn't already know in the mcu you know somebody new um but hayward's I mean, the worst yeah, he, he had no lines so yeah you're right but i'm sure once we actually get to see the, ca- right. the actor yeah. act and do something then yeah it'll be a little different but yes yeah, sure. so in this episode where you got to see him for two seconds yes i guess it could have been anybody behind well, that's what we're talking about though i mean I'm, uh, not, I'm not speaking to the acting i haven't seen so do you guys think <laughs> that he has powers or no i think he probably has some super strength maybe not to the extent that cap had but he might not have anything right now it could be some situation kind of like abomination where we see him get stuff later on Maybe. Well, it's, it seems likely because of the power broker reference in the comics, he he got his he got super strength from the power broker. Right. Um. So, 
I'm, I'm guessing that's the route they're going to go with it. Whether he has that now or not, we, I guess we don't know, but I would think that the government would have wanted him to be super powered already to be able to do more or less what cap could physically do. And since we're going to have both Sam and Bucky going after him at some point, you know, the guy's got to be able to, you know, to hold his own to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean it's true, but maybe they're just like gearing it up right now, and he doesn't actually have the powers yet. But possible they're just like trying to be an image. Yeah. Story wise, I see exactly where you're coming from, Derek. But I I think that it's also something cinematically that they just want on camera. It would sure. be a good way to introduce the power broker, have him work for the government, and also be doing all this rogue mm-hmm. stuff on the side. You know, using they, the government money yeah. for experimentation. And they might, you know, do it more in flashback too so that technically both are correct there you go that would that would be the way they would do it right <laughs> people are going to hate this guy though if he's like the comics he's like yeah. a super right-wing uh conservative christian uh like yeah it, it, there's going to be a whole demographic of the country probably very much a crossover with most of the marvel demographic that will hate 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 everything about this person well maybe um, they can finally stop using the punisher's logo then I mean, maybe, probably not, though, because a skull is cool. A um, skull is cool. But... <laughs> um, before we stop, like, I really thought that Bucky's date was adorable. It was small, and, uh, you know, they say that dating is a good way to get yourself back out there, um, just in the world, not necessarily, of course, back in the dating pool, but uh it it's a nice way to connect with people and his date was adorable so i was great i felt really bad because he just ran out on her and then you never find out exactly what happened with that it was cute also the old dude was his wingman big time like yeah it was great mm -hmm. yeah i love that and i think that it's it's key that we get these moments for bucky because like like we mentioned earlier we don't know him very well Right. right. People know the character from the comics and he looks super cool with the mask and the silver arm and Winter Soldier, but we barely know this character. And so yeah, we, we know needed... him a little bit as Bucky from the first Captain America movie. But beyond that, yeah, you, there's not been a lot of character development other than like one post credit scene and some random fight scenes. Mm-hmm. And so like we got we got more character development for him in this episode than we have for in his the rest of the time he was in the MCU. You know, and I think it's really important that we see these these vulnerable moments, you know, when he's talking to the therapist and we see, you know, the- I love that scene, by the way. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are complaining about like the super close ups, but I mean, it did cinema like the cinematography did what it was meant to do. It's ma- meant to make you feel like claustrophobic and like echo what Bucky's feeling. And I'm sure as the therapy goes on, it'll be zoomed out a little more every time. As he gets that. better. Exactly. The. the- shots don't have to be as tension inducing right and the therapist was wonderful really i would consider going to the therapist if i had one like that that would just be like stop your bullshit and (laughs) this is what's gonna happen oh don't write don't don't do the writing thing (laughs) yeah exactly right it was was great it is incredibly distracting as someone who goes to therapy pretty regularly for the last like five years uh I, I get why they have to do it so that, you know, they remember you next time, but it is distracting. Well, but she's doing it for a different reason, right? Yeah. She basically <laughs> showed him, all right, I guess I'm going to have to report that you're not cooperating, right? Like that's her kind of little nudge. And, well, that's what she's playing at. Like, right. yeah. Yeah. And it works. It works really well. Mm-hmm. Their dynamic was good. And I like that she has like a military background because it means that she really does understand at least to some extent what he's seen you know mm-hmm. obviously nobody has literally been through what he has because it's such a weird situation but you know it's a much better than having a complete civilian try and psychoanalyze him and you know if you've watched the trailers leading up to the show then you know that there's going to be a couple's counseling session with uh sam and bucky um, i'm really excited <laughs> yeah I, I mean just that little hint was enough to, ha- to make me very happy and and i'm looking forward to that dynamic um, how do you guys think they're going to bring them together? Is it going to be like something with Zemo that brings them together? Or uh, what do you, they do mention that uh, Bucky's been ignoring Sam's texts. Mm-hmm. Part of me thinks something gets Bucky to text him. Yeah. Something happens. Maybe it's seeing this new cap on TV. 
gets maybe him to text amends. Bucky or may, Bucky's maybe a men's list. Yeah. But I think that's what happens. I think Bucky reaches out. Um, he doesn't want to, it'll be very reluctant. Right. But I think he finally doesn't. And it'll probably be one of those scenes where like the message has been typed and he can't get himself to press send. And he eventually does like something kind of like that. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, what episode do you guys think will reveal, uh, that Bucky killed that guy's son. It's going to be like four or five, probably. Yeah. It's going to be towards the end. Not six. I think that's, that's going to be like late. his completion of his therapy. Like, not a com- your therapy is never complete, but you know, that, 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 that arc. therapy arc yeah. will be complete. That'll be the crown jewel at the end. Right. And it's going to be terrible and it's going to make us all sad. But I think episode five is pretty likely. What you if know, the, very episode nine, you know, Game of Thrones kind of thing? What if the old guy dies like in a in a Flag Smashers attack and Bucky doesn't get to make that amends? That'd be That's pretty terrible for the I character. I was thinking they could like also throw us completely off and he inadvertently finds out in like the next episode and Bucky has to, you know, not just defend why he didn't say anything but also defend his relationship is kind of like lies of omission this whole time mm-hmm. they could do that i feel like that would not be as impactful as bucky like making the decision that this is the time you know what i mean like in terms yeah. of character development i um, i would rather they go with the route where he just like decides this is time to do it i like the idea of him deciding to go and doing it and then maybe finding the guy dead somewhere oh God, that would be heartbreaking um, and then maybe he has to like admit it to the girl he went on the date from right because it's really the only other person that he knows and maybe that's how they bond or something or he just has to carry that with him now and that's like something yeah. that motivates him definitely you know? <laughs> i definitely i don't see that story having a happy ending no and i think that's okay i don't think it would be right for him to just get a completely 100 percent happy ending you know yeah. because he did some shit and you know was it wasn't all his fault you know, but completely absolving him of all of that, I think, would just be shallow. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, he's definitely no more like, you know, at the end, Wanda was a villain at the end of WandaVision. I mean, and through WandaVision, she was a villain. Um, and Bucky is not a villain, but he's done some really terrible things that he and, and you know, this amends is his ways of trying to make up for it. And uh, I like that that's the way they're going. It's Bucky like and the Scarlet Witch have, like, yeah, I was just about to say they have like the opposite storyline, and that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know the the thing about uh, DC characters, we always say that they're they're gods trying, trying to, to be human, be human, and in this, they're they're humans trying to be better. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say anybody is trying to be like a god per se, but they're trying, well, they're, they're trying to be heroes. They're trying to be heroes, most yeah. of them. Uh, maybe not Wanda. In and a good show, chunk but... of them don't always succeed, including Wanda. Like uh, Bucky, you got to think that like at this point, he's not trying to be a hero. He's trying to absolve himself, and I in his head he's never going to absolve himself but at least he can put a little bit of good back in the world yeah i I don't know that bucky's trying to absolve himself i think he's just trying to 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 do what he can to fix what he can i think that's different you know i i think he knows what he did and he'll never forgive himself for that but he wants to do whatever he can to make the best of that well, I haven't gone through a program where you have to make amends to people, so I may be misinformed, but I feel like amends is a way of dealing with the problem so that you can move past it. And, right. you know, so it's it's not necessarily you're not fixing the problem, but but you're able to move past it to progress in your own life and move forward in your own life. And I think, yeah, that's all he's trying to do is be able to, like, have a somewhat normal life and mm-hmm. get past the traumas that he's caused and he's had. And some of it's also just admitting to himself you know, the reality of what happened, you know, it's doesn't, it's not absolving. It's, it's admission, you know, rather than burying it in denial. Right. Cause denial is one of like the, the stages, you know, and this is, this is beyond that. This is acknowledgement. Yeah, that's true. I like that they're going that route with it though, because, yes. you know, it's, it's, it, it's a way to relate it to real people. Mm-hmm. In chat, they said uh, it's that amends is basically cleaning your side of the street, which is a good way of saying it. Um, yeah. So that's good. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I think on that note, that's probably a good spot to stop. You guys good? Yeah. All right. So next week we'll be taking on episode two of the Falcon and the winter soldier on our normal time. You can join us live Tuesday night at 9 PM Eastern, or you can catch our episode the following day. Wednesday on your podcast app of choice. You can go to screen-heroes.com for all of the links to any podcast app that you could possibly imagine, or you can stream it directly from dericostudios.com. You can follow us at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and all the social media verses. Be sure to join our Facebook group, the Screen Heroes Podcast Forum. We do polls, news, memes, tournaments, spoiler threads, lots of fun discussions. So join us there. So many memes so many memes all that good stuff and hey look if you listen and you have thoughts if you have comments if you have questions if it's questions about the content questions for us you can now leave us a voicemail and it might actually make the show if you give us a call at 913-890-3007 you can leave us a voicemail with your comments questions and we will uh listen to it and as long as it's relevant and not inappropriate then we will probably get to it here on the show and, and play the message on the show so be sure to to leave us a message to do that and because the number is 3007 there's got to be a joke in there about like i love you 3007 or something it's in there I, I believe so but i am derek you can find me at the star trek dude on twitter ray where can people find you matt siren ray and ryan buster props all right we are the screen heroes podcast thank you for joining us we will catch you all next week it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.